0: Hey, it's Kevin, and I want to welcome you to this episode, number 79, of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Hey, it's going to be a fun conversation today. I want to invite you into another different type of conversation here on the podcast. It's what I call a thinking out loud session. But before I do that, let me ask you, what are you grateful for in this moment? Wherever you're at listening right now, just pause a moment. What are you grateful for? Express some kind of gratitude. Now, here's what I'm grateful for in this moment. Part of this is because just listen to what's now last week's podcast with Marcel Schwantes. And we were talking about love, you know, and I am grateful that you and I live in a world where there is love, kindness, and compassion. I cannot imagine a world without that. So I'm grateful for love. I'm grateful for the love we encounter and experience. Now, back to this week's episode, today's conversation. Hey, I'm both a ponderer and a verbal processor. So to one degree or another, I'm always thinking about stuff. It just seems like, you know, there's always something on my mind. I used to label it, and then I found out there was actually this term, active brain syndrome. It's like I'm always thinking about something. And as thoughts begin to form, I just ponder them for a while. And then sooner or later, I began to think them out loud, talk them out loud with others to see if they resonate and how they resonate with you or how I can better communicate them so that the next time I share something, it's a little more clear. However, I don't think I've ever devoted a whole episode of the podcast to a thinking out loud session. That's new for me. So I hope you'll join in and play along. What that means is a lot of this stuff, they're thoughts that have been formed or forming for some period of time, but actually talking about them the way I'm talking about them today is relatively new. Now, if This were a synchronous conversation. You know, if you and I were seated face-to-face and I could get instant feedback, I'd love that. But it's not. However, when I record a conversation like this, I envision me in conversation with you. If possible, we were sitting back in the corner of Scooter's Coffee or if there are a group of us, we're in the conference room, the community room at Scooter's Coffee enjoying great conversation and coffee. But for now, this is an asynchronous conversation. What that means is I'm doing all of the talking, you're listening, and then I hope you share some feedback. I'll share more how you can provide your feedback at the end of this conversation. So here's the question I want to ask and what I've been pondering. How do you see the world differently when you look at it through the lens of purpose? And I guess that's the phrase that I don't know if I've ever really thought about it that much before, this lens of purpose. Purpose is a lens. So another way to ask that question is, what looks different that you and I see? What looks different when you look at it through the lens of purpose? Now, I'm tempted to say everything. I I would love to say, well, everything. But I realize there are skeptics. And there's an inner skeptic that resides in my head. And I see the skeptics, even my own skeptic, roll their eyes or raise their eyebrow and, with a very crooked smile, ask, everything? reminds me of the time I was in Europe doing presentations on servant leadership, and I used a quotation from Ari Weinschweig at Zingerman's, that servant leadership, if you really live it, it changes everything. And the guy just said that. Oh, you Americans, you're always so over the top. Everything? Well, I do believe that servant leadership and purpose have a propensity to change everything so I want to invite you into that conversation, and I want you to reach your own conclusion. We don't have to agree. We can agree to disagree. So, what is a lens, and what is the lens of purpose? So, a lens. I've worn glasses most of my life, and lenses are a focusing device or a mechanism, and if you're thinking in the world of photography, it's a filter that allows you to see things clearly or differently. So, With me, the lens of glasses, it allows me to see what was previously blurred or out of focus. I remember I was in elementary school when I got glasses, and I used to have to sit at the front of the class and always squint because what was on the board was just a blurred mess. So the lenses of my glasses correct the stigmatism in my vision and allow me to see clearly. Now, it also allows you to see differently if you think of a camera lens. A camera lens captures light differently or refracts it differently. Same thing that tinted lenses do. They provide a hue to everything you see. So it is with the lens of purpose. It's a focusing device or a mechanism. So think of a time when you've worn sunglasses, especially if they were polarized lenses. You know, as I was thinking about this, I was remembering a trip Gwen and I made last fall up into the mountains. We do it every year. We live in the northern part of Georgia, so getting up to the mountains is an easy thing for us to do. And we always go in and take a full foliage tour, two or three drives. So we were up in the mountains, and the colors were more muted this year than in many other years. And there was a point where driving through this parkway, and Gwen comments on the vibrancy of the colors. And I look around, where? What are you seeing? And all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't seeing what she was seeing because she was wearing polarized glasses and enjoying a much more vibrant view of the colors than I was. So what did I do? I pulled out my sunglasses, clipped them on, and just enjoyed a a little more vibrant view than we would have seen otherwise. So, the Germans, they have a word for this, and I apologize, and I know some of my German friends will uh, help correct me here, but I think I'm pretty close. Maybe I'm close. Maybe I'm way off. Weltanschauung comes from two words, world plus perspective. It's the word from which we get our word, worldview. So, worldview, all of us have one. It's the filter through which we see and interpret Everything that goes on in our lives and in the lives of others and in the world around us. It's how we see it. It's how we make sense of it. So if you have a worldview that says life is meaningless or purposeless, that leads you to one set of conclusions, a set of beliefs. And it's how you see the world. So it shouldn't surprise you that those are a radically different set of beliefs or conclusions than you would have if you believed life was purposeful and meaning, that life has purpose and meaning. So if you've ever worn tinted lenses, and years ago I did, you realize that they tint everything you see through the glasses. So perhaps you've heard the phrase looking through rose-colored glasses. Well, that phrase If it's new to you or if you're familiar with it, it has an overtone of naivete. It's suggesting that people that are looking through rose-colored glasses don't see a set of circumstances or character traits or the past the way it really was, that they see it with this rose-colored and improved view. Well, that raises a question for me. And that question is, is there really anyone who sees anything purely objectively? You know, one of my favorite quotations, at least my favorite from Anais Nin, is we don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. So that suggests that All of us are looking through some set of tinted lenses and seeing it differently. So what I'm simply suggesting or inviting you is to look at life, the world, and your journey through the world through the lens of purpose. And as part of this thinking out loud conversation, I invite you to join me. As I make a list and run through it, it is not an exhaustive list, but I want to suggest and ask what looks different when viewed through the lens of purpose. And as I said, I'm hoping you'll share with me at the end of the conversation what you think as well. So where do we start? Hmm, I pondered that and I decided to start with now. Right now, let's talk about now and let's talk about, you know, in the broader sense, time. So when I think about this, if we are absent the lens of purpose, it's easy to see life as a blurred series of events or sequence of days, you know, where one day just bleeds into another, another and another. And you might be tempted to, you know, kind of adopt the view of life as the character Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory does. Well, since this is Monday, it's tie takeout. And on Tuesdays, we always eat at the Cheesecake Factory. And Mondays I do this report, and Tuesdays I do this, and we just kind of get into a rhythm where one day runs into the next, especially if your work has some level of a routine to it. You just kind of can go on autopilot from Monday to Friday, not really thinking about that. There is a thing in our world today where many people, and this is such a sad thing, where many people, beginning on Monday, they're counting down the days to Friday, because they're living for the weekend. Now, truth be told, for all of us, many of our moments are similar, and at the same time, each moment is unique. Now, I want to repeat that many of our moments are similar, but at the same time, every moment is unique. And that's this lens of purpose. Through the lens of purpose, you realize that there may be something incredibly unique about this moment today, something you will encounter today that you might not encounter any other day. You might encounter someone today. Now, you may pass that same person multiple times, or if you're a traveler, you could be crossing paths with a person today that this may be the only time they ever enter your orbit and you're theirs. Now, when you look at this person, by all appearances, everything looks just fine. If you only knew or could see what was going inside their heart, mind, or home, you would realize how desperately they need even the smallest act of kindness, a word of encouragement, or even just recognition that they exist and that they matter. Hey, I want to include in the show notes a link to a video if you have the opportunity to check this out. It's a video that the Cleveland Clinic did in their hospital setting about empathy, and it is an amazing video that gives you a glimpse into this. And it just pops thought bubbles amongst all these people as you go through the video All of these people, some of them patients, some of them caregivers, some of them, you know, just workers in the hospital. What's going on in their mind? Wow, imagine if we could really see that, if you could see the thought bubble forming. But you can't. So in our world, as we have this increased awareness about mental health and the seriousness of mental health and the issues that people encounter like discouragement and depression You know, I'm reading a book now, and there was a statistic in the book, I'll have to dig it out if you're really interested, that the average elementary school student today has the same amount of stress as a psychiatric patient of the 1950s did. Now, think about that for a moment. You know, and all of a sudden you realize that people that cross our paths, they're dealing with issues like discouragement, depression, and the stakes – For now, this moment may be higher than ever. And you realize now truly does matter. So the lens of purpose invites or allows you and me to see that now matters. And when we recognize that now matters, it prompts us to muster up the courage to step out in kindness and compassion and realize this, no kind word or deed is ever wasted. It may not be received or acknowledged in the moment, but it's never wasted. So through the lens of purpose, you see now differently. What's something else you see differently when you look through the lens of purpose? Well, I believe it's people. And you recognize there are no little people, that everybody – Matters. Now, this kind of connects to that now, but everybody matters. And everybody that crosses your path or whose path you cross today deserves dignity and respect. So I encourage you to be generous with it. So I'm curious, what does seeing people through the lens of purpose lead you to do or do differently? I don't know. I'd love to hear. Here's how it impacts me in a couple of ways. And I can't even tell you. When I started doing this, it was influenced by my dad, but I've always, for as long as I can remember, and part of it came from working in food service and wearing name tags, I always attempt and always seek to engage my server by name in restaurants or any place where someone is wearing a name tag. So last year when we did the Extraordinary Experiment Challenge, this was one of those challenges we had, the awareness challenge and the acknowledgement challenge. Hey, folks, if somebody is wearing a name tag, just recognize this. It's for their benefit, not yours. They know what their name is, hopefully. So the name tag is not facing them. It's facing you. Watch what happens when you begin engaging people in conversation using their name in real Compassionate ways or empathetic ways, you know, not just uh, condescending ways, but engage them by name. That's an opportunity to elevate and lift others. So that's something that looking at people differently causes me to do. So I encourage you to see people, connect with them, take the opportunities to express kindness and compassion as you go throughout the day. And something else, if you are in a leadership position, And this prompts something else in my mind that comes back from the conversation I had with Terry Smith about the hospitable leader. Hey, if you're in leadership, give people a seat at the table. In whatever position you're in of leadership, extend to people who have been excluded from the conversation, and you just don't have to be a leader to do this. Invite people to the conversation that are traditionally excluded from the conversation. Give them a voice. Hear their story value their perspective. Now, something happened for me in last week's conversation. If you've heard that, fine. If not, maybe you want to go back and pick it up. It was one with Marcel Schwantez, a friend of mine. We were talking about what does it mean to create or to foster humans first workplaces? And in that conversation, all of a sudden there was an epiphany as we were talking that just hit me. And that's a realization that bosses... Leaders, whatever you call them, are people too. I think a lot of times folks th- kind of exclude, you know, we look at people in leadership as a different category. We look at them as elevated and aloof. We'll talk about that in a moment. But recognize they're people too. And they are in need of your love, your kindness, be treating them with dignity and respect. So it's just something. Recognize there are no little people and all people have value. I believe that's something the lens of purpose invites us to do. So the next one, let's talk about work. I believe the lens of purpose allows us to see work differently. Now, I don't know about you, but I can tell you, and I believe it's probably true for you, that there are Parts of my job that are repetitive, menial, even mundane at times. So just earlier this week, just Monday and today's Wednesday when I'm recording this, Monday and Tuesday, I was doing some work around the exciting topic, at least for me, of SEO, search engine optimization, seeking to learn that at a different level. And I know some of you are like me, just say, you know, shoot me now, or I'd rather have a sharp stick in the eye than spend hours looking at the back end of a website in search engine optimization. But you know what? There was a purpose to my quest, and purpose made that quest meaningful to me. So it's when purpose adds meaning to the menial, Or a new phrase for me, purpose allows you to discover magnificence in the mundane. Folks, at some point in your life at work or your life at home, and especially if you're the parent or grandparent of young children, you have to do diapers. You know, it's a pretty mundane and menial task or cleaning up after your pets or something. You know, those are mundane and menial tasks. Now, I love This line from Helen Keller, I love what she said, I long to accomplish a great and noble task. Can you relate to that? You long to accomplish a great and noble task, but it's my chief duty to accomplish small tasks as if they were great and noble. That, my friend, is the lens of purpose at work where we can look at even the smallest, the most mundane task, and we see them as great and noble. So I believe that love, compassion, kindness, elevate and ennoble even the most mundane acts of service. You know, I do a lot of work around servant leadership, and sometimes folks are talking about, well, doesn't that, this, this serving, doesn't that mean servile? Doesn't it, diminish those serving. And I believe that any act of service, when it's done through love and when it's done for others, it does. It's an ennobling act of that service. So your work, whatever it is, and however mundane facets of your work may be, or maybe you work a job where the whole thing seems mundane, I want to invite and encourage you to look at that through the lens of purpose. And by doing so, does it allow you to see it in a different light or to see it in a different way? Okay, so we've talked about time now. We've talked about people. We've talked about work. I can't believe that I almost left this one off the list. I alluded to it earlier, the leadership. What has been the traditional view of leadership that so many of us learned was a command and control approach, and it was based on perks, privilege, and power. I've worked in environments like that, and if I'm honest, I'll say early in my career, it was some of those perks, privileges, power, and prestige that drew me to certain positions of leadership. You know, it's the accoutrements of leadership and power. Hmm. Now, what does the lens of purpose invite you and me to do and to see leadership differently? For me, I think it allows us to see leadership as more of a responsibility to use power. Every position of leadership has power. There's nothing wrong with power. It's how you use it. So through the lens of purpose, we use power to serve elevate and develop others rather than for self-advancement and self-aggrandizement or personal enrichment. So you think about that. Some of this is what Marcel and I talked about in last week's conversation. We started talking about a leader's opportunity, perhaps even responsibility to love and to lead with love and to pump fear out of the environment to lead with empathy, to lead authentically, and to use leadership as a platform for serving. Now, that is a purposeful approach to leading. So we've looked at four. Now, let's go on. The next two are connected, but I want to take them one at a time. What if you looked at success through the lens of purpose? How might it look differently? Well, it starts by begging the question, how do you understand and define success now? Looking through the lens of success invites you to take a deeper look and consider if you share the same definition of success as those around you, how they've defined it, or if you have a different definition, if you've personalized it and made it your own. You know, because in so many environments, success is all about you. It's all about, again, kind of like leadership is about the perks and privileges of power. Success is about the rewards of success. It's, in many places, it's all monetary. It's fame. It's fortune. It's travel. It's fun. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those, but is that the ultimate definition of success? Or in your view, does success – give way to significance and you recognize that success is about you, but significance always involves others. You enjoy success, but you want to redirect your success so that it benefits others beyond you. Now, I have to tell you, Mother Teresa, I never met Mother Teresa personally. That would have been a joy. But Mother Teresa shared three words with Chuck Colson. And Chuck Colson was a mentor of mine years ago. And I remember when Chuck shared that Mother Teresa had given him a plaque with just three words on the plaque. And it crystallized Chuck's understanding of success. And I'll tell you, it's done the same for me. The three words are faithfulness, not success. Now, as a person of faith, as a Christ follower, I believe that I'm called to live a life faithful to the principles and practices that he taught. So it's not all about how much can I get for me, but it's what I can do for others. And is success consistent with my values and priorities? And that's what the lens of purpose allows us to do. Now I have to tell you, I hope you understand this. I'm not saying you have to define success the same way I define success. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I am suggesting is that you find your own definition of success that is consistent with your values and priorities and don't allow other people to define it for you because you don't want to live life based on the rules of success that someone else sets. So this whole thing about significance, go beyond success into a life of significance and service to others. So I'll turn this. What about you? How do you define it? Where are you at in that journey? Now, if the lens of purpose allows us to see success differently, it certainly invites us to redefine failure as well. So let me ask the question. What is your understanding and definition of failure? Now, I grew up. And I'm not blaming this on any person because I can't say that I ever heard my mom or dad say this, so I don't know where I really got it. Maybe it was cultural, but I grew up with an understanding that said failure is final. Whatever you do, do not fail. Avoid failure at all cost because you don't want to be labeled a loser or a failure. Now, that has plagued me. And that has struggled for years. Just last night, I was in a conversation with a friend, a new friend, where he was saying this same thing, that learning to redefine failure was a breakthrough moment for him. Same thing in my life. Let me just riff here a moment, a couple of things. Failure is an assessment about an outcome. That's all that failure is. Now, we've made it so much bigger than that. But failure is an assessment about an outcome. You tried something. It didn't work the way you had hoped, and it might have failed, but you didn't fail. So, you know, we shouldn't even say it failed. It just didn't work. It was an outcome. Failure is feedback about a hypothesis. You thought, hmm, what if we do this in these environments? You know, if you take the real scientific approach, which most of us don't, but if you go back to Edison and the light bulb, You know, it's said that he found 10,000 ways it didn't work. He didn't label himself a failure. He just found things that didn't work and kept in the path. So something didn't work, you don't give up. You just try something else. Through the lens of purpose, we see that failure isn't final. It's simply part of the journey. It's part of the process. Failure is not the flip side of success. It's part of the journey to success. And you've heard this before. This is nothing new, but some of us talking about me here need to hear it again. Failure is only final if you quit. If you're down at this moment, don't stay down. Get up. Dust yourself off and try something else. A couple of times in conversations or interviews, the questions ask, if you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self something, what would you say? You know, a few years ago, I was asked that question, and my answer has been the same ever since. I would tell myself that what you learned about failure is wrong, and that definition of failure will not serve you well. And you need to embrace failure as part of the journey to success. So this is really heavy on my heart. I want to ask you, has your understanding of failure limited you from taking risk and stepping out into the dreams and the desires that are deep in your heart? If so, I want to invite you to look at it through the lens of purpose and begin redefining how you understand both success and failure. As my friend Rich Sheridan, who's the author of Joy, Inc., and then his subsequent work, Chief Joy Officer, and I highly recommend the reading of both of those books. Rich is the CEO of Menlo Innovations, a software development company. And these next two statements I attribute to Rich. I did not create these. Rich used them in conversations, and I just loved it. When we're thinking about failure, just break it down and simply run the experiment. That's how they do things at Minlo. They just run the experiment and then recognize that you have an assessment of an outcome. It's not failure. It's just did the experiment produce the desired result or the expected result? If it didn't, run the experiment again. And then the other thing they say is don't burn the ship or boil the ocean. you know, just don't make it bigger than it has to be. Just run the experiment. So I've walked you through six. I want to wrap this up by talking about the seventh on today's list of seven, and that's adversity and suffering. And it was wanting to talk to you about adversity, suffering, and even failure. That's what I had originally planned to explore on today's podcast. And then all of a sudden, that just gave way to this whole thinking out loud conversation about the lens of purpose. Well, why was I wanting to talk about adversity and suffering and failure? Well, if you're listening at a time of release, we're releasing this podcast originally on the last week of January, 2019. And I realized that, you know, people began the year with high hopes and great expectations. And many people, many of you, And I know this because I've been in conversation with many of you, have already experienced difficulties, setbacks. You've had people in your family die. Death is always a surprise. Nobody had expected it. Even if somebody's death was imminent, it just takes you by surprise when it finally happens. So I know several people. I mean, I could name a dozen people that have lost a loved one this year. And that takes you off course. And it takes you out of the game for a period of time. And you you just kind of put life on pause and you're looking at things. I know that others have dealt with difficulty. I've got friends that are sick and have been sick. And, hey, folks, I get that because I started 2018 with a lingering sickness, an affliction that just made me bonkers. So I get that. So this, this area of suffering, difficulty, challenges, this is probably the area where purpose is most potent. It's helping you and me gain a fresh perspective on adversity and suffering and helping us see it in a new light or a different light. Now, for me, I mentioned I'm a person of faith. I don't hide that. I don't pound it at you, but I don't hide it. To me, it's leaning on the sovereignty of God and also harvesting insights from people, beloved mentors like Viktor Frankl. So these are not rose-colored glasses and unbounded optimism. You know, I started talking about optimism and and the rose-colored glasses. Hey, folks, I am. I am the eternal optimist. But Frankel helped me understand that what I really have is a sense of tragic optimism, that it's that belief that there is purpose and meaning even in suffering and adversity and that there are things we learn by going through difficult seasons of life and enduring trials and difficulties that we don't learn any other way. I call it the 828 principle. People of faith may recognize that. There's a verse in the Bible, Romans 828, that says God works all things together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. God works in all things and through all things to accomplish something of ultimate good and glory. You and I don't see it at the moment. We don't experience it as good at the moment, but there's something, there's meaning in adversity. And many of us, Frankel said there are three basic ways people find meaning in life. And you can find this in his books, Man's Search for Meaning. Man's Search for Ultimate Meaning, excellent books. It was actually picked up, picked them both up yesterday and started thumbing through them as I was beginning to think about this and just revisiting with Frankl. Three ways, primary ways people find meaning through work, love, or suffering. Now, in our world, people want to find meaning through money, pleasure, food, travel, fun. But the real meaning comes through work, love, and suffering. So, if you're going through adversity, I want to encourage you to look at that through the lens of purpose. And there's something that happens when we go through something that's difficult. When you get to the other side, you have a degree of moral authority that you didn't have before. You now have expertise. I'm not saying you're an expert, but you went through something, and another mentor of mine said, "We're able to comfort others with the comfort you received when you went through something. When you go through something, that allows you to develop skills and allows you to have empathy at a whole nother level, and you're able to help other people going through same or similar circumstances. So have a lens of purpose view on adversity and suffering there's the list. It's seven items. It's not an exhaustive list. It's far from an exhaustive list, but I invited you to consider what would it look like differently if you look through the lens of purpose at now, time, people, work, leadership, success, failure, and adversity, and suffering. I hope it helps you see and see things differently, that it helps you gain a fresh perspective, maybe even find the strength to persevere in something that you're going through in this very moment, or helps you to rethink something you've gone through and gives you the ability to persevere and to just enjoy life at a deeper level. That's really my hope. I'd love to hear how you respond to this list, how you'd expand it. What would you add to it? What would you see differently about it? If you want to respond, two ways you can do it or three. You can join me in the Higher Purpose community or any place where I'm at on on social media. I'm going to launch a conversation later this week in the Higher Purpose community to see what people have to say. That's livehigherpurpose.com. You can email me, Kevin, at higherpurposepodcast.com. Or you can call me, pick up the phone, call me 678-744-5111. Hey, thanks for allowing me to share this time with you. You know, speaking of now, I've enjoyed the now moments that we've shared today. I want to encourage you to live, love, and lead with purpose. If you're a leader who is or wants to be entrusted with the transformation of your team, join Kevin and six other leaders for a year-long journey of transformation that will help you release your brilliance and help others to do the same. Email Kevin at kevindemonroe.com to begin the application process.